Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. How are we doing? (laughs) This side gets it. This side gets it. Some of you just failed here. Okay, I I like the energy. Here we go. Come on. This is a third service, okay? I need the energy. How are we doing this morning? Yeah, thank you, thank you. There you go. That's it. Everybody watching at home knows that y'all are excited to, to, to be here. We're in a series called Rerouting, and what we've been doing, we've been talking about how God can reroute us when our life gets off track. And today, I'm going to talk to you about someone whose life got off track. I mean, this guy's life got way off track, okay? I'm going to talk to you about the story of Jonah, we're gonna talk about the story of Jonah. Now, if you're not familiar with the story of Jonah, let me just tell you, this story is a whale of a tale, okay? It is a whale of a tale. In fact, a lot of people don't buy this story because they think it's a little hard to swallow, okay? They think it's a little hard to swallow because the facts surrounding this story are a little fishy, all right? Anyway, no more, <laughs> no more Jonah jokes because I don't want anybody to spit up. All right. Anyway, uh, all right, one more, one more, one more. I got one more, one more, Jonah Joe, one more, one more. There was this little girl, she went to children's church, and in children's church, they were telling her the story of Jonah. And she was fascinated by the story. She loved the story. She was just so in, in, engrossed in the story. She couldn't wait to get to school the next day because she wanted to tell all her friends about the story she heard in children's church. And so she gets to school and she starts telling the story about Jonah. And she's so excited. And she gets to the part where Jonah is swallowed by the whale. And the teacher stops her. And she goes, what? She goes, no, you can't say that. And she goes, what do you mean? She goes, no, no, you can't say that because see, listen, it's physically impossible for a human being to be swallowed by a whale. Their throat is too small. It's just impossible. And she goes, well, it's, it's in the Bible. And she goes, well, okay, it might be in the Bible, but it just can't happen, okay? It just can't happen because it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human being. Their throat is just way too small. And she just goes, okay. But... I'm going to ask him when I get to heaven. I'm going to ask him if it really happened or not. I'm going to. And the teacher goes, well, what are you going to do if he didn't go to heaven? And she goes, well, I guess you're going to have to ask him then. <laughs> ah, but up, There we go. <laughs> anyway, no more jokes. Okay, here we go. We are going to talk about the story of Jonah. And Jonah is a fascinating, fascinating story. And the reason why it's so fascinating is because all of us can relate to Jonah. Jonah is the man who ran from God, okay? And all of us have run from God at one point or another in our lives because we all know the difference between right and wrong. God has placed in the hearts of every single man and every single woman the difference between right and wrong. And we've all faced decisions where we knew the right thing to do. We knew the right thing to do and we chose to do the wrong thing. We all have faced things where we knew what God wanted us to do and we said no to God. said no, no. And that's what Jonah did. Jonah said no to God. Now, let me give you a little backstory of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God. And remember, a prophet is somebody that God has raised up, that God has called out to go and deliver his message to other people. And being a prophet was tough. It was a tough job. Because God would call you to go into very, very difficult environments to speak a message that nobody wanted to hear. See, God would raise up these prophets to go talk to people who were doing the wrong thing. They were doing the wrong thing. Nobody wanted to hear that. I mean, think when you're doing the wrong thing. Do you want somebody coming and tell you, hey, straighten up? No, nobody wanted to hear it. It was a very, very tough job. But for Jonah, it was even tougher 
because Jonah was not sent to the nation of Israel. See, if you read your Old Testament, you're gonna see where God raised up so many prophets to go speak to the nation of Israel when they'd gone off track. And he would send a prophet there and they would speak to him and say, listen, repent from your ways, return to God, stop worshiping other gods, come back to God. And it was a tough job, but at least they were going and talking to people who believed in the same God. They had the, the, the same theology, they had the same worldview. But for Jonah, Jonah was sent to a place that didn't have the same view. He was sent to Assyria, to uh, the city of Nineveh. And they didn't look at Jonah the way that other people would look at Jonah. They didn't look at him and go, oh look, it's a prophet of God, we need to listen to him. They looked at Jonah like, well who are you and who was your God? But God says, no, I want you to go talk to these people. Because they're wicked people, they're evil people, and if they don't turn from their ways, I'm gonna judge these people. Well, Jonah's like, hey, let's just skip to the judging part. I don't like these people. They're enemies of Israel. They worship different gods. They don't see the world the way we see the world. They're awful people. They're mean. They're ruthless. They're violent. Let's just get rid of them. Just take them out right now, God. Let's just do this. And God says, no, I want you to tell those people about me. I want you to tell them about me and tell them they need to turn from their ways. And God and uh, Jonah told God, no, nope, ain't gonna do it. Love you, God, love your laws, love everything about you, but I ain't gonna do it. And the Bible says that Jonah ran. He ran from God. So today we're gonna look at his story. And his story is over four chapters, pretty long story, but I wanna give you three observations from this story. It's gonna take a while. We're gonna have to kind of get through it so we can get the, the whole thing done in our time. And so if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Jonah chapter one. Easiest way to find it for you that are doing it is go to Matthew and go back about seven, eight books, okay? Because if you start in Genesis, you'll never get there, okay? I'll be done long before you ever find it. So get Matthew, back about seven or eight books, or you can follow along here. And this is what it says. It said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amnitai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. These people are doing awful things. Awful, awful, ruthless things and they need to stop what they're doing. I'm seeing it, I'm done with it, I'm tired of it. So you go tell them to stop. But it says, Jonah ran from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And what we find out is he went as far away as you can possibly go at that time in the world. He went literally to the ends of the earth to get away from God. He's kind of like this defiant child who's looking at, at, at you and saying, you know what? I'm not gonna do it and you can't make me. I'm gonna get so far away, there is no way you can make me do what you wanted me to do. In fact, here, look at this. I'm gonna show you just what this is about. Here's a map of the area at that time. And, and uh, Jonah, he's from gath Hefer, and, uh, and what God was calling him to do is to make this mission trip up here to Assyria, to the city of Nineveh. This is modern-day Iraq. And this is about a 500, 550-mile, 600-mile trek that he was supposed to go. But instead, he comes down to Joppa, okay? And he gets on a ship, and he's sailing all the way over here to the tip of Spain, to Tarsus. He's going over 2,000 miles away to get away from God, saying, I'm not gonna do what you want me to do. And anybody who has tried to run away from God, the next three words you've encountered, and if you're thinking about running away from God, you're gonna encounter these next three powerful words because this is what the text says. It says, then the Lord, 
Anybody who's ever tried to get away from God has had a then the Lord moment because God is going to get your attention. And God was getting Jonah's attention. I kind of think of this moment, and think about you, uh, you moms out there that have just had it up to here with your kids, but how they've been acting, they haven't listened to you all day long, and finally you've had enough, and you said, you wait till your father gets home. You get their attention. Well, this is what God is doing to Jonah. He's getting his attention. He says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. God was saying, uh, you think you can get away from me, but you can't hide from me. And that's the first observation. You can run from God. You just can't outrun God. God is gonna get your attention. You can run from him, but you're not gonna hide from him. Psalm 139, it says that there is no place we can go that God's not there. And what you need to understand is God's not there to beat you down. When God gives you something to do, it's because he knows this is the best thing for your life. That's what you have to understand. And the fact that we have a loving God who will pursue us to bring us back to the path that he knows we need to be on is something that we would cherish. Now, it's not, you don't like that in the, in the middle of the moment because we don't like to be told when we're doing things wrong. And that's where Jonah was. He didn't like to be told he was doing something wrong. But God was getting his attention because he's going, you're going to the wrong place. Where you're going is not good for you. You need to come back. And so that's why he's getting his attention. And what we see is that that storm was, 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 was raging. Everybody on the ship thought they were gonna die. Everybody was panicking. They were throwing things overboard. They didn't know what to do. And they all come to this consensus that the reason why they're facing this is because Jonah's on board. And that God has a problem with Jonah. So they just realize that if we're gonna come out of this alive, we're gonna have to get rid of Jonah, okay? We're gonna have to get rid of this guy. And that's what happens. It says they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. Kind of time out, isn't it? You know, isn't it funny how your house can be all chaotic with your kids and you put them in time out and everything calms down? God was just disciplining Jonah for running from him. And it says, now the Lord, and this is the great thing about God. We had our then the Lord to get our attention, but now we have now the Lord, because once God gets our attention, he does not abandon us. That's what you have to realize, that's the heart of God, because God is gonna prepare a way for you. And he says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus's death and resurrection. This is what he's talking about. And this is where Jonah has his come to Jesus meeting. And a lot of you that have run from God have encountered a come to Jesus meeting. You've had this, this, this come to Jesus meeting and this is what happens inside this fish. He says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed uh, to the Lord, his God. I bet he did. For a lot of you, that might be the first time you prayed. Might have been the first time you prayed in a long time because you thought your way was the best way and you ended up getting your life in a big old mess and now you're crying out to God to save you from what you put yourself into. And the beauty of God, the beauty of God is the fact that his gracious hand reaches down no matter where we are, no matter how far we've run 
to take hold of us and bring us back. And that's really the second observation is you need to realize that God doesn't get our attention to pay us back. He does it to bring us back. See, God doesn't discipline us to pay us back for what we're doing. God doesn't let us encounter difficult circumstances to pay us back for how we're living our lives. He does it to get our attention to bring us back because he's trying to get us to understand that his way is the best way. And for some of us, we have to run away to understand that. And that's what was happening to Jonah. But he cries out to God. He asks God for forgiveness and God forgives him. And he comes back to God. And that would be a great, great story if that was the end of the story. I mean, it'd be an awesome story, wouldn't it? I mean, it's a great story. Here's a guy who said no to God. He rebelled against God. He ran from God. He faces the, the problems, what it comes from running with God. And then he cries out to God and says, forgive me, forgive me. And God forgives him and brings him back. What an awesome story. It's a great story. The problem is that's not the story of Jonah. I mean, it's part of the story. It's the part that all of us know. I mean, we know the part where he's swallowed by the fish and he's thrown up on the beach. We know that part. But it's not the whole story. See, the story of Jonah is not about a man who ran from God that was rerouted back to God. That's not the story of Jonah. The story of Jonah is about a man who wasn't willing to run with God. That's the story of Jonah. And that's where it affects everybody in this room because the story is about a good person who wasn't willing to let God work through them to fulfill his purpose. See, it's about good people who are all concerned about what God is doing for them but not really interested in what God is trying to do through them. And when I talk about good people, I'm talking about people who, who try to live a moral life, you try to live a good life. I mean, you're, you're not gonna cheat on your spouse, you don't cheat on your taxes, that uh, you, 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 you try to be truthful. You might slip up every once in a while, but you ask God to forgive you and, and God forgives you and you get back going and you keep walking with, with God. You go to church, you, you read your Bible, you, you pray, you tithe. I mean, just good people. But it's good people who only care about what God is doing in their life and not what God is trying to do through their life and what God is trying to do through them to reach this world for him. And I think that's why the church is so marginalized in our culture today. I think because our, uh, the rest of the world looks at us in the church and, and looks at good people in the church and they say, yeah, you say you love God and you love people, but I don't feel it. I don't feel you really care about me. I don't think you care about my ways and, and who I am. I think you're a bunch of judgmental people. And when we hear the story of Jonah, it's kind of true. And so this is why this story is so important for us to understand. Because if we wanna live the life that Jesus wants us to live, we have to run with him. And we have to surrender to what he's trying to do through our life. And this was Jonah's problem. And so we're gonna pick up the story right there. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Remember, this is how it all got started. So he's back now with God, okay? And he says, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. This time he said yes. He said, okay, I'm gonna do it. I don't wanna get in the fish again, okay? I'm just kinda done. I'll go ahead and do what you want me to do. And, and he goes. So he makes that 550-mile trek up to Nineveh. He's there. It takes him weeks and weeks to get there. And then the Bible says it takes him three days to get through the whole city. It's a huge city. 
It's like walking from one end of the metroplex to the other. It's a big city. And God says to tell the people you've got, they've got 40 days to turn from their ways. 40 days to repent of their sin, 40 days to, to stop the violence, stop the cruelty, stop all of their ruthless, mean behavior, stop it all, or I'm gonna pass judgment on you. You got 40 days. Now remember, I told you, they didn't worship his God. This is somebody coming into them that they don't know. He's actually from a country they have, um, that they're enemies of. And here he is walking through the streets and saying, turn to my God. Your way is not the right way. Turn and do what I want you to do. And the Bible says they believed him. They believed what Jonah was saying. This is what goes on. He goes here. It says the Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. This is a, this is a symbol of mourning. They were mourning their sin. They were mourning their, their evil ways, their wickedness, their violence. They were mourning how they treated a God they never even worshiped. They were mourning. It said, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. They turned to God. They turned to God. I mean, this is like a miracle. I mean, think about it. Here they are thinking they're living the right way, doing everything the way they want to do. They think they're more right than anybody else in the world. He comes in, he speaks the message of, of God, and they change. I mean, it's crazy. Now, there's, there's historians that believe there were some other factors that were happening at the time when Jonah was there giving the message that might have prompted them to listen to him more clearly. One of the things where, if you read your history books, is three tribes of Israel had formed together, and they were about 100 a, a miles away from Nineveh when this was taking place. So the king could have heard that this was the destruction that was gonna happen to the city if they didn't turn, that they were gonna come and destroy the city. So he might have heard that. There was, there was also um, a famine that was going over that area of the, of the world at that time. And you might think, that's the power of this guy's God. That's the power of this guy's God. We're gonna have to turn to this God. And there was also a total eclipse of the sun at that time. And so they go, maybe that's the power of this God. We gotta listen to this God. We don't know what it is. But they all turn. Now, what I think it happened was Hebrews 13, 21, which says this, what God calls you to, he equips See, God is just waiting for all of us to be obedient to what he's called us to. See, I think God was already working in the hearts of the Ninevites before Jonah got there. He was already working in the hearts so that when he was obedient and he gave the message of God, that's why they were ready to receive. And that's what you have to realize. God doesn't just hang you out there when he's calling you to, to, to run with him. He equips you to get done. He equips you. And this is what happens. It says, let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? We don't know about this God, but who knows? He goes, he might relent and with compassion turn from his fierce, fierce anger so that we will not perish. We don't know. This guy might give us a second chance. When God saw what they had did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Over 100,000 people were saved because Jonah obeyed God. Now, if the story ended here, it'd be a great story. It'd be an awesome story. Here's a guy who said no to God. He ran from God. 
He got himself in trouble. He cries out to God. God forgives him. He brings him back. He reroutes him back to God. God gives him a second chance and he says, yes, I will do what you want me to do. And he goes and he preaches the word of God and over 100,000 people are saved. This should be a time of rejoicing. But this is where the whole story of Jonah takes a twist. And what we find out is the real reason why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. And this is what it says. It says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. Jonah was mad that these people weren't judged. Jonah was mad because he thought they should be destroyed for how they've lived their life. He didn't think they got what was coming to him. And he was angry and he was upset. He thought God did the wrong thing by saving these people. And then he tells us why he didn't want to go. He said, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord? When I was still at home, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarsus. Now see, when I was growing up, my little Sunday school teachers, they would teach me the story of Jonah and they got this story all wrong. I gotta go back and talk to some of these people because they stopped with, they were telling me the reason why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh was because they were such mean, violent people. He was scared what was gonna happen to him. He thought these people were gonna kill him. You know, God, yeah, I'd love to tell people about, but they're gonna kill me. That's what I was told. No. He didn't want to go to Nineveh not because of what he thought the Ninevites would do with him. He didn't want to go there because he, he was scared of what God was going to do for the Ninevites. He didn't like the fact that God was going to forgive them. And see, the thing is, he knew God's heart. The problem was, he didn't share that same heart. And that's where we all get into trouble. This is what happens. He said, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. He said, I knew you'd forgive them. And they shouldn't be forgiven. They should have to pay for how they lived their life. And I knew you would do this. Now, if you're here today and you've ever wondered how far God's love goes, this is your verse. This is your verse. If you've thought, man, I've gotten so far off the path, I've, I've done so many awful things that there's no way that, that God could love me. This is your verse because this is what you need to understand. God is patient with every single one of us because he wants to draw all people to him. He wants all of us to be saved. That is the heart of God and Jonah knew it. He just didn't share that heart. He says, now, Lord, take my life away, for it is better for me to die than to live, because I don't want to be a part of what you're doing in this world. You're not doing things my way. I just don't want to do it. He didn't share the heart. He became judgmental. You know how you become judgmental? You become judgmental when you don't have a heart for people you don't think are as good as you are. That's when you become judgmental. You become judgmental when you don't have any compassion for people who aren't like you. That's when you become judgmental. You become judgmental when you forget that you didn't get what you deserved either. That's when you become judgmental. And that's what was happening to Jonah. 
Jonah forgot all about what God had done. And so God reminds him. He said, is it right for you <laughs> to be angry? Are you kidding me here? Wasn't it you just a few weeks ago that were running from me? Wasn't it you that needed me to send a fish so you wouldn't die? Wasn't it you that needed my forgiveness? Wasn't you that needed me to extend my grace to you? And you of all people are angry over what I'm doing to save other people? Are you kidding me here? Well, Jonah didn't answer. It said Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. And there he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. He was having his own little personal pity party. God's not doing it my way, so I'm just not gonna be a part of what God's doing. Because after all, I know better than God. God's making a mistake. And so he sits down and he watches it. I've been in ministry for, uh, full-time ministry for well over 20 years. And unfortunately, I've seen people in the church that are just like that. In a church like ours, that, that uh, doing all the things we have, we get a lot of critics. We get a lot of people saying, you know, you're missing this. You shouldn't be doing this things this way. You shouldn't be doing things that way. You shouldn't be doing things. And when we say, you know, thank you for this, but this is how God has called us to do that. They get mad. They go off and sit and they hope the whole, the whole church falls in. They really do. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. And now, let me just tell you, when I was doing this, getting ready for this message, no lie, I'm not telling you. I had an email this week. Crazy. I had an email this week. God was just kind of prompting this. Somebody's been in our church for over three years, been here for three years, and they let me know that they're leaving the church. And the reason why they're leaving the church is because of some of you. He, they said that there are too many non-church people in this church. That's what they said. He said, we do things to get too many non-church people in here. And I'm going, you were one of those non-church people three years ago. I baptized you. But we get in here and we start thinking that it's all about me and what God is doing for me and we forget what God is trying to do through us. And that's what was happening. Jonah was forgetting what God was trying to do in the world. And so he became judgmental. And it said this, it said, the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was happy about that plant. See, Jonah was always happy when God did stuff for him. He loved that. Way to go, God. Mm -hmm. Okay? But then at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. Jonah's angry again. He's angry again. What's great about the story of Jonah is the fact that when you read it, God provide, provided three things. He provided a fish, he provided a plant, and he provided a worm. See, he provided a fish so that Jonah wouldn't drown. And he provides his plant when he's all hot and bothered to comfort him. And then he provides a worm. And I think he does this to tell Jonah, to tell all of us, that God says, when it needs to be about you, I'll make it about you. When it needs to be about you, and sometimes it does need to be about you, I make it about you. But not everything has to be about you. Not everything has to be about you because I want to do things through you. And you won't surrender to me because it always has to be about you. 
And it says, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Are you kidding me here? And he goes, it is, it is, and I'm so angry, I wish it were dead. I mean, can you understand what's going on with this guy? <laughs> I don't care about anybody but me. I want my way, period. And the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. It's like going, Jonah, you're concerned about all the wrong things. You're concerned about all the wrong things. You're thinking have your way is gonna make your life better. But it's not. It's surrendering to me. And so God says this, he says, and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? I mean, shouldn't I have concern? He said, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. Shouldn't I have concern for this? The end. The end. That's the end of the book of Jonah. That's where it ends. Ends with a question. Only book in the Bible that ends in a question. And I think it's there to make all of us look at ourselves. It ends in the question so that we will all answer that question. What concerns you? What concerns you? Is it just about what God does for you and can do for you? Is that what concerns you? Or is it about what concerns God? Because what concerns God are the people that he has placed in your life that don't know him. That concerns God. See, what concerns God are the people that are at your work that don't know him. The people in your neighborhood that don't know him. The people in your schools that don't know him. That's what concerns God. The people that, that are sitting in the bleachers with you at all your kids' games that don't know him. That's what concerns God. And he's asking, what concerns you? Where's your heart? And that's the third observation of the book of Jonah. Is that life is not about running from God just to run back to God. And this endless cycle, I'll do it my way. No, I'm coming back to you, God. I'll do it my way. I'm coming back to you, God. Because that's all about you. Life is about running with God and surrendering what God is trying to do through you to make a difference in this world. Now, how do we run with God? That's our whole mission of our church. That's why we exist. Is to prop you up to run with God. Our mission statement, our vision statement is all around two key verses out of the Bible that tell uh, uh, Jesus' character. Luke 19.10, Matthew 20.28. Luke 19.10. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Luke Matthew 20.28. Jesus came to serve and not to be served. That's running with God because that's following Jesus. Are you seeking out lost people? Have you seen them in your life? Because God's placing lost people in your life, whether you know it or not. Are you seeking them out? Do you know who they are? Have you ever talked to them, brought them to church so they could hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ? When's the last time you invited anybody to sit next to you? Hmm? 
When's the last time you were here with somebody sitting next to you that you knew didn't know Christ? It'll change the way you look at church. It changes your heart, I'm telling you. We had 12 people be baptized this weekend. That's something to celebrate. That means we got people who get it. But if we're gonna make an impact in this world, we all have to get it. We all have to be a part of what God is trying to do. Invite somebody. And are you serving? Are you serving anywhere? Is your whole church experience just showing up, getting in the aisle, then sitting here for an hour, and then going back? Is that it? Is that what your church experience is? You're never more like Jesus than when you serve. We couldn't do what we do without all the incredible volunteers we have. You're in here now because people are taking care of your kids over there. They're pouring into your kids. They're telling them the real story of Jonah, okay? Not like when I was growing up. <laughs> They're telling the whole story over there. We got great people over there. But are you serving somewhere? The reason why you feel so comfortable is because of our connections team make everything so wonderful for you to be here. If you're not serving anywhere, sign up for Vision Night. We'll tell you all the different places you can serve to be a part of this. We have a help out ministry that feeds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families every single month that are less fortunate than us. Life changes happen there. We've seen life change by just reaching out into our areas. We have a relief team who's done the exact same thing. Serve. God's saying, surrender to me. It'll be about you when it needs to be about you. But I want you to surrender to what I'm trying to do through you. Run with God. Seek, save, serve. It'll change your life and it'll keep you on the path that God intended for you to take. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for never giving up on us because we do make a lot of dumb mistakes. We take things into our own hands and we go down roads we shouldn't take and we're so glad that your gracious hand always pulls us back and gives us those second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And God, we asked that you change our hearts. Give us your heart. We wanna run with you, God, because you made a difference in our life. You changed our life. We know what life before you was, and we know what it is now, and we wanna share that. Sometimes we get so consumed that we forget, but help us to have heart for people who don't know us, don't know you. God, we just wanna bring people to you. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ. And you're hearing this story. Let me just tell you, you're not here by accident. God wanted you to hear this story because God wanted you to know just how much he loves you and cares for you and is patient with you because he wants you to come to him and surrender to him. If that's you this morning, open up your heart to him right now. Say, God, I finally get it. I finally get it. You love me so much that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for me, for my sins, for my ways. I get it. 
I believe it. And so I'm putting my faith and my trust in you now, God. I'm putting my life in your hands. I give my heart to you. You believe this. You said this. You're now starting your, your journey with God, the greatest journey of your life. God loves you. He wants to work in you and through you. So God, help us to surrender every day to your will. God, again, we thank you for always being there for us. Help us to live lives that glorify you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.